Welcome all of you beautiful people to the Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast for our review of Hell in a Cell. Now, I am the devilishly handsome outlaw himself, your King of Extreme, Phil KOE, joined by my indomitable broadcast partner. Yes, yes, we will get there. Now, there has been a travesty this evening, folks. I'm sure the events of this world are all going to turn for the worse now because we all remember when I became the champion, how well things went. But unfortunately, the Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast Championship will be going back to the, ah, to that colluding, no good, two-timing, rapscallion, ne'er-do-well Tony G. What you mean to say is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight-time champion, Tony fucking G. And folks, if you're joining us, why don't you go ahead and do a little favor for us? Like, share, subscribe. You know it's the right thing to do, folks. Um, so, we're going to jump down this here card for you. I think it is fair to say, we just finished watching Will Hell in a Cell repeat, three-peat as Wrestle Shit of the Year. I don't think no, so. I, don't, I was about to say, I was shocked. Now, the standards were really low. They were pretty okay. fucking low. We just needed finishes for the match. Mm. And it, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. So we are, we actually ended up having six matches on this card. They only had five booked. We had an impromptu, which we both ended up picking lastly, but we'll get to that. Let's start off surprisingly. Surprisingly, the Universal title was the first match of the night. Hell in a Cell, Kinda I like quit like WrestleMania match. a year or two ago. Yeah, weird, but... Roman Reigns defending the Universal title against Jey Uso in an I Quit Hell in a Cell match. It, they were putting a hat on top of a hat, as the great Jim Cornette would say, but uh, it worked. It was a little slow. It went putting a long time. Putting a hat time. on top of a hat. I like it. It it's... went a long time, and they were really just doing storytelling. Well, I like how they had to emphasize that, okay, this is an I Quit Hell in a Cell match, so you know you're actually going to get a finish here. Yeah. Which made me think, there's no way we don't get a smudge finish. And it really looked like it was about to be because they tried everything under the sun to make it look like it. They had people come out, open the cell, uh, come check on Jay. Even Jimmy comes out. It, it looked like it was going to be a non-finish, but somehow, now, somewhere. It was actually a pretty good match, and then... Jimmy and Jay start doing the, no, Oos, come on, this is your cousin, this is your blood, what are you doing? And Roman, Roman starts welling What up. am I going to do? Oh, how I did I get so... myself no more. Grabs him, puts his brother in the choke, making Jay... Oh, oh, while he's I getting quit. choked, okay, I quit, I quit, you win. Oh, that was, that was too beautiful. It that was, was, it was good, but... It went really slow, and it went a long time. I think it could have gone a lot faster. They could have gotten to the same place without the cell. It could have just been an I quit match, and they could have gotten to the same place. It didn't need the cell. So uh, for that, I gave it three. I thought the storytelling was good, but it was really slow. They could have shortened it up a bit. Oh, I gave it three and a half because it was a great... And, you know, I love the, the heel work at the end there. Choking his own brother out in front of him to make get him to finally say, I quit. I I enjoyed 
what folks let us know in the comments what you thought of the matches as well oh yes please do and also uh, it, when you're not doing that be sure to like share subscribe right here to the revolutionary wrestling podcast you know it's the right thing to do folks you know you can keep up with all of the craziness happening right here at the revolutionary wrestling podcast but as we move onward Moving and upward, down the card uh, this was a thrown together match that had about Half an hour of build, if we're being honest. Elias facing Jeff Hardy in a one-on-one -on -one match. Just a regular match, believe it or not. Uh, this went really quickly-ish. And Elias is like laying on the ring apron. Hardy gets up on the top. You think he's going to swanton Elias on the ring apron, but instead Elias rolls out, grabs a guitar. So Jeff gets down, ducks the guitar shot, takes the guitar... Smashes Elias with it and gets DQ'd. Elias wins by DQ. I don't know why. It was almost pointless. It didn't do anything why, good Tony? for anybody. Because WWE stands for Walk with Elias. Now, I chose wrong tonight because I made the assumption that, well, Jeff Hardy's a star. And so they're going to stick with the star. And so that was what I... I, I had Elias winning. I didn't think it was going to be by... DQ. I thought he'd cheat to win, but we got there in the end, folks. That's really all that matters. Uh, and I, I'm Big sorry. Buck I... and Entertainment, our sponsor, of course. Oh, great. Tony is champ again. When is the COVID champ going to save us? Well, maybe when he, you know, learns to call the card that's actually on and not the card from three months ago. Oh, ouch, ouch. But uh, yeah, I gave it a star and a half because it Welcome was short to and it was a very lame ending. It could have been done on Raw and it would have had the same effect. Uh, yeah, yeah, this one was just kind of a fill in some time for the fact that we have a pay-per-view here. Yeah. This match is kind of a symptom of the WWE Network. Very much so. So, moving, uh, but what I gave it one half. Yeah. It was Didn't just kind of a more than that, throwaway. Sorry. Wasn't as bad as some of the worst matches we've seen this year or in history, but. No, it was fine. It was a Raw match on pay-per-view. <sighs> yeah. Moving down. Speaking of Raw matches on pay-per-view. <laughs> Miz facing Otis for the Money in the Bank briefcase. As I said on the prediction show, this is how they correct the joke that was Otis winning the Money in the Bank briefcase. It had no business happening. It was just for laughs. It was to entertain Vince. Well, they got that. Now, I have to give Otis some credit, though, because Otis getting the briefcase and Ray getting thrown off at Money in the Bank actually put me just one point ahead. So Chicken went from triple champ chicken to triple place chicken. Oh, snap. I went there. And he says, I'm coming back, kids, the real champ. Will return. Oh, triple place Let's chicken. Not get ahead oh, of ourselves. I was about to say, I mean, you got some real competition here. You got to come up against their kids. So we'll see how I you mean, do. I mean, I am the eight time champ. But I digress. Miz and Otis, this went about how you'd expect. It was another Raw match on a pay-per-view until about the very end where John Morrison starts to get involved. The ref catches him with the briefcase. He drops the briefcase. He gets thrown out. And then inexplicably, Tucker picks up the briefcase and blasts Otis. I guess heel turn, sealing the fact that they got drafted to separate brands. Now they are officially broken up. So we weep for heavy machinery. Mm. But uh, no, Miz ends up winning. Gave me another point because I'm just that good. And oh, wait. Miz is now Mr. Money in the Bank. 
Miz being on Raw means he would be vying for the WWE World title. Randy Orton's belt now. Well, we're getting there. You're, you're jumping the gun, Phil. Don't spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, Phil. Damn it. Damn it, Phil. Oh well, yeah, we'll get there. I mean, you watched the show with us. Yeah, but... you did. Like, if you don't know, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so Miz is money in the bank. I, I I wanted to see that happen anyway. So this is perfect. I like this. This makes way more sense. I can't wait to see. Otis what was they robbed. Do. They need to appeal the decision of John Bradshaw Layfield. It was clear conflict of interest. We'll have to see what we can do. So worry not, KOE Nation. We're going to appeal this decision. We're going to take it all the way to Wrestler's Supreme Court if we have to. Yes, we will video chat The Undertaker if we have to. I'm sure he'll take this case up. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. So, yes, that's that's pretty uh, – tell me if I'm wrong in the comments. That's pretty much Wrestling Supreme Court. Well, yeah. Under What's The Undertaker, Undertaker has got. But, uh, yeah, Miz with the Money in the Bank briefcase. I think it's great. Good move. Can't wait to see where they go with it. I get Awful move. Two two stars. I, I gave it two and a quarter. I, I the match wasn't that good, and I'll be frank, the extra quarter from his two is just because I got the point. Moving down the line, Sasha Banks and Bailey in Hell in a Cell for the SmackDown women's title. This is that match that they have been building and building and building and teasing and then rebuilding and teasing and building for the better part of like two, three years. It was time. Finally, they had that epic match at NXT TakeOver, and this was not that. This was a stipulation Hell in a Cell match. So let's just call it what it was. It was a shop class project. It was a spot fest. They didn't get to have this classic wrestling match like they did in NXT. That's not what we got here. Give those two a match, and they would have torn the house down, but instead... They were looking for spots, and they were making spots up in the middle of the match. Like, Sasha's putting up tables. They're dancing around it, spinning. Going yeah, the duct them. tape thing. And the duct tape, yeah, Bailey with the duct tape and the kendo sticks. It never went anywhere. It took too long. There was so much downtime. That's the problem with these matches like this. So, I, you know, overall, I enjoyed the match. I liked it. I th- they had some really good stuff happen. There was some really nice series uh, between the cage and the ring. They did some really good spots overall. The match was fine. It just drug on a bit, and there was a lot of downtime. So for that, I gave it three and a half. I gave it three seven five because it was actually a really good match, and it was. The, I liked the finish. Um, it was. <sighs> do you think this is the end of the feud, or do you think they're going to try and keep making I don't this know. Honestly, longer? like. They've done so much with Bailey as the champion for so long that do they keep her feuding with Sasha or do they have some other things in mind? Because she's been so handcuffed to that belt for so long that putting Sasha in there as a champ now, you can do different things. Maybe Bailey takes a break and then comes back. I think I think I would like them. With Survivor Series coming up, I think that's the perfect time. Let's take a bit of a break, revisit it after that, maybe after the first of the year, maybe leading up to Rumble. Next up, the impromptu match that, that wasn't... Oh, match of the night. <laughs> yeah, this was fucking great. Um, Bobby Lashley defending the U.S. title against Slapjack. Slapjack. Yeah, yeah, Slapjack. So Stevie Ray? No. The, the, who, 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 who did I say it was? 
Uh, Shane Thorne. Shane Thorne. Under the Big Jason. Bucket Entertainment also is so correct. Hit that like and share, folks. You know it's the right thing to do. Yeah. You can keep up with this gorgeous mug from day to day. That's that's yeah. That's worth the price of admission alone. So Bobby Lashley versus Slapjack Shane Thorne was uh, uh, it was trash. Uh, Shane Thorne went up for a drop kick, missed completely. Bobby sold it anyway. You know, for Bobby's as, not my for favorite. as long. Shane's been in NXT for a couple of years now, so the fact that he looked that green was kind of yeah. shocking. But and this, you're in there with Mister Green, Bobby Lashley, who's never looked like he's been a year out of training camp in my opinion so yeah this was a disaster from the start one and a half oh bobby won bobby retained i know i'm shocked yeah really Color me what we, i gave we it one a, two we five. did agree beforehand yeah we i gave it wanted bobby to win i gave it one two five that's it yeah. that's all it was worth no it was it was bad it wasn't good i didn't care sorry it shane another, it wasn't even a raw match it was like a sunday night heat match any wow, opinion. that dated yourself a little bit. Sunday night, he hadn't been on the air for a minute or two. I was about to say, that's a main event match. That's something along those lines. But And then we got a uh, comment here from... <laughs> little Fettuccini, thanks for joining us. What's up with the new setup? We're coming live from my basement right now instead of Phil's house. So Yes, yes, we're in uh, Tony G's residence here rather than being at a Castle KOE. So... It, it was necessary. It was yeah. necessary. Tony, uh, you know, Tony's going to have a kid any day now. So yeah, like, you... it, it could be happening now when I'm just down here reviewing wrestling. But uh, no. Yeah. But yeah. We're we're days out from having a kid. So we figured I better stay close to home just in case. So I, I we'll came, be back at Castle KOE in no time. I came over to the uh, the deep bunker within, you know, you know, Fortress G. So, but yes, yeah, so, uh, thanks for coming by, little fettuccine. Uh, but. Yeah, so we're in a little bit different uh, setup. So Tony's got his scotch, Irish whiskey, and everything. Oh, everything else shelves for now, anyways. What are you drinking tonight, and how was the pay per view? Well, we're actually we're burning right through this thing because frankly, this wasn't a long show uh, tonight. I, we've kind of had an array of things. Currently, I have in my glass a little bit of. Cardu Twelve. Cardu Twelve. It's a very nice scotch that is the base blend for. Johnny Walker. I've got a mix Tony's been making for a little while. We sampled yes. his uh, Scotch Forever bottle. Um, and it's it's quite, yeah, Tony's been, this has got like 30 different types of Scotches in it almost. Yes. So I just wanted to sample it. It's a little peaty, but it's also a got a good, of that, good amount of those sherried malts. Yes. So. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's very nice. We just wanted to see what we need to finish it off with. So, so since you're here, little, that up to be, little fettuccine. To be finished off soon on the KOE Nation. We are here to... Um, I love the reveals. Um, we are here to also talk about the main event. The main event... Yes. Randall Keith Orton... Versus Drew McIntyre, Hell in a Cell. The match was WWE actually very good. WWE title match, y'all. Wow. Uh, you been holstering that one for a minute? Uh, Most of that. Oh, boy. But so this, this match. Was, this was a long one. Uh, this went a while. They got a lot in. Uh, this started with Randy sneaking up, dressed as, uh, I guess, a ring crew guy. Drew catching him. But they went to the ring anyway, and 
Yeah. Oh, RKO. Oh, yeah. Tony, Tony shuffled off my RKO Just attempts like this evening, and that's how he was back. able to keep the title. So, or he I'm, he became oh. also now again two belts, Tony G. So anyway, uh, the match was fine. Uh, they they did a lot of the same stuff they've been doing in the in this entire series. This was way better than the ambulance match, which I was not a fan of. Way too much outside interference. This was just well. Yeah. Better than the ambulance match. You're not even trying at that point. Uh, they did have a nice spot on the outside where uh, he got belly belly suplexed uh, Randy through a table, which went a lot better than I thought it would. Uh, I don't know. It it felt like it was going to be over, and then they got out of the cell. They started climbing up. Are they really going to do it? I thought he was going to pull him down. Sure enough, both guys end up on top of the cell. Randy's got a a lead pipe stashed up there. He hits Drew with, uh, then they just kind of both come back down the other side. Drew looked like he was scared shitless. Oh yeah. Pipes. Drew. Like he looked like he was not happy to be up there. Clearly Drew's large stature makes him a little leery of high things. And yeah, the, the cells like ridiculously tall now. So I don't blame the guy, but they start coming down and they get to about the halfway point where they're platformed. You think both guys are going to go through. No, Randy bumps off Drew. Drew falls off, flies through the announce table. They slowly make their way back in the ring. Randy goes for an RKO. He misses it. Drew finally gets back. A little bit of momentum. And then he takes for freaking ever, sitting in the corner, ready to drop the Claymore kick. And at that point, I said, well, holy shit, Randy's going to do it. Sure enough, he Dives over top of Randy, who ducks the Claymore kick. They pop back up. Randy hits the RKO. To become One, champagne. two, three. Holy shit. Randy Orton, 14-time world heavyweight champion in the WWE. Not bad. I said this on the prediction show, and I've said it at least twice before that. I could see them putting the belt on this guy at any point during this feud. Son of a bitch, they finally pulled the trigger on it, and Randy has another world title under his belt. You know, I get it, and I I, I said this on the pre-show. It makes more sense to have Drew chase that belt. I think it makes things a little more interesting. I just didn't think they'd really do it. I'm a little shocked. I, I'm actually interested. I, well, how I many is he if off Drew would have won, I wouldn't have cared. How many is he off from tying Ric Flair's record, like two? His supposed record. His WWE record. Well, his overall world championship record, if you're actually, like, let's be frank, if we're actually including every time he won the championship, not just on television, yeah. but if we were to include, like Rick even said, if we were going to say how many times I won the world title at a house show, non-televised, my world championship reigns would be in the hundreds. Yeah. So, I, but I think it's recognized it's either 14 or 16. It's Let 16. us know in the comments. It's 16 because John Cena tied it with the, John Stewart SummerSlam angle was when he stopped it, and then John Cena beat AJ Styles for the title and at Royal Rumble, yeah. and yeah. that was a great match. Yeah, that was really good. So I assume we're going for Randy eventually tying it or meeting Cena. Maybe he'll retire Cena. I don't know. I my there's thought a is out. there's probably going to be fans coming back here very shortly. And they want the big pop of Drew beating Randy for the belt yes. in front of a crowd. And so he never got that celebratory crowd reaction coming out 
the night after Mania to that raucous crowd that you always get after Mania. He never got that celebration. He could get that if if they make Randy a perfect heel as champion this 14th time, make him a real piece of shit, which he's really good at doing, and then have Drew topple him for the belt to become a two-time champ, that next night on Raw will be the big payoff. And I'm assuming that's where we're going. But, again, with Miz being Mr. Money in the Bank now, all bets are off. I think this opens the door for a lot of unique things to happen. It actually makes me interested because, I'll be frank, it's gotten pretty fucking stale, and I love Drew as champ. I love him as champ. He's a legitimate-looking champion. He's earned it, but the product did get a little bit stale. It was probably time to mix things up. Let's see where it goes. I love it. Heading into Survivor Series, you've got Randy Orton and Roman Reigns now. That's uh, actually, I, I kind of like the idea. Uh, Justin Chris, what? That's what makes the matches is the crowds. Exactly. Yes, you're and all year, absolutely it's right. Been, yeah, it's Crowdless. Little, now, I yeah. do got to say, I have to give the world of wrestling some credit for for us, anyways. It's been pretty much business as usual. They've been doing very well keeping a sense of normalcy. Yes. Uh, we've mostly been complaining about backstage stuff and who's going where, just like we always were, just minus a crowd. Now, AEW, yeah. they kind of started the idea of having a yes. working crowd, and that was, again, it, it was silly, but it actually made sense. Yeah. And it they made, made it the work. show more enjoyable. And so I'm looking forward to real crowds well, they, again. They've actually started to allow a few people back in. I don't know if it's you know cast and crew members, family, but whatever. That's what They have people in the stands. And then when WWE started doing the uh, NXT call-up talent behind the plexiglass, like they could have done that with the Thunderdome, paired the two together. You, you would have gotten a pretty close crowd reaction. You would have had the crowd full. With the video screens, but the actual live feel. I wish they would have done that missed opportunity. But assuming that the Thunderdome ends and we bring back at least a partial crowd, Randy Orton losing that title, that's going to be a big pop. You assume it'll be back to Drew McIntyre. I, I don't want to say that they're going to make it really predictable, but Drew McIntyre kind of does deserve that. But again, with Miz, he could, he could. Is this not the time? Is, has Miz not paid his dues? Paying your dues and you know being the one, being the guy are two entirely different things, in my opinion. Miz, what I see is Miz cashing in his money in the bank, Otis somehow getting involved, and in probably going to cost him the cash. In. I hope not. Well, honestly, I hope. Why not. wouldn't he? I I think. I think Miz has more than paid his dues. Like, when he first held the, the world title, it was definitely not the right time. It was completely overshadowed by The Rock and John Cena, and he's never recovered that. But what he has done is he rebranded the Intercontinental title as something prestigious. They've completely tanked it since then and made it not matter. As soon as the belt got off the Miz, nobody's cared about it again. And then they changed the design and fucked it up even more. But during that era of him being the champ, he made it feel like the Intercontinental title again. And I thought for sure that he'll be rewarded for that. No, he's he's been plunked into silly silly storyline after silly storyline. And I think it's time to reward the guy. He, he's been nothing but a company man. He's a safe worker. And he puts together great matches, like him or not. 
Oh, he's he's great. It's just you know, you're saying, boy, why was the Miz overshadowed by the Rock and John Cena? Mm. Yeah, like that's the problem. Is he's a great heel? Okay, he's a great shit, like just sniveling little heel. But world champion, I have a hard time buying it. Sorry, I just saw the Undertaker yeah. opening the casket and seeing the Undertaker in the casket. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I was yeah, a little distracted with yeah, this yeah, yeah. Uh, Randy Orton documentary yeah, over to the side. But, the side. but yeah, I saw that. She was like, what the fuck? Yeah. But, um, I, I think apologies. this is as good a time as any. Like, why not get The Miz back in the mix in the world title? I don't think he... The probabilities of winning the belt are still really high when you have the briefcase. I don't think they need to stop that trend. I don't think they need to water it down anymore because they've already done a bad job of making it not mean so much. People losing that opportunity. So I think this is a good chance to re-spark the idea that the briefcase winner is almost a shoe in to be the world champion. And I think it's high time Miz gets back in that title. I, maybe. I think this is just kind of like you said, they kind of had a joke for the money in the bank and they just didn't know what to do with it this year. Yeah. Like, I, to me, it, it would have made sense to just put it on AJ and just let him carry it around as a heel prop for yep. a couple, six, eight months. But Agreed. They really haven't been doing much with him. So, not I, meaningful stuff, no. No, but you know, the guy can't begrudge. He was given a really good intro run into the WWE. So he's given two good years. And now they're taking his Twitch money. But that's that's a different. That's, that's neither a, here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not in his paycheck anymore. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'm hey. on fire tonight. Uh, but, but yes, definitely like, share, subscribe right here because everything that happens here at the KOE Nation Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast stays right here with us. Now, right now we're uh, basically a not-for-profit podcast, but, you know, hey, we do it. Because we love you, the fans. We love the fact that you come here for our analysis. We love that you ask questions and comment and want to know things. And we would not do this if it wasn't for all y'all. This is and yeah. So before we wrap this up, if anybody has any more questions, throw them in the comments. We will get to them. Why am I so awesome? How come I'm so right about everything? I, there's lots. And also, How be did sure. Tony get Tony two belts? I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Old, old news, old fake news, fake news collusion. But so, what's really important is check out later tonight. KOE Nation is going to do a live stream. Definitely check that out once I have left the marvelous grounds of uh, Fortress G. I will definitely, now we might stay here and maybe converse a little bit, but definitely I'm going to be giving some hard-hitting analysis of the app, all of the issues of our day. So head over to KOE Nation for that live cast and all of the election countdown analysis that is coming. So, I mean, we're talking about pro wrestling. Head on over for only a slightly different presentation and analysis from our take on pro <laughs> wrestling to our take 
on politics, which... If you hate politics... But I repeat myself. If you hate politics, jump on over there. You're going to love it. Got a couple of... But yeah, yes, uh, I, I eviscerate everybody. What can I say? Justin says, both your heads blowing up laugh my ass. Yeah, that sounds about right. But yes, uh, definitely check me out, KOE Nation, but also right here at Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast. This is the place to be. For all of your wrestling news, and Tony, we got a couple coming up here, don't we? Yeah, I was just say we've got one uh, is full gear on November seventh. Assuming I'm not in the hospital having a baby, we will be reviewing 50, it. 50. This could be a solo review by this guy, or maybe Chicken will come out of hibernation. Maybe review. I'll like yeah. pull out like an interim championship or something. Yeah, like, all right. <laughs> I'll be on the lookout for that, folks. All right. So I guess that's pretty much it. It's, it's nothing to write home about tonight. Uh, obviously, match It tonight. did better than the last two years. I, I can at least yeah, say oh, that. Blew the last two out of the water. Uh, yeah, I think Sasha Bailey was easily matched tonight. Roman J. I gave it to the man. Another man. nice one. All the cell matches were kind of nice. Three to three and a half. I. Just, Which boy? That's what, that's what you really want when you tune into yeah. Hell in a Cell. Look three at and three and a half. half star match. That's that's what you're they need tuning to do in for. Away with this concept as a pay per view, and they need have, to bring it back as the blow down, off. Yeah, if you can mark this down as the Hell in a Cell match in October, you don't care when they announce it, and it's not expected. That's when the Hell in a Cell match actually fucking means something. Let's get back to that. Let's make that happen, please. I'm begging you. Yeah, because like you said, three and a half star matches for Hell in a Cell. Like this, this sh these should be the matches of the year. Should okay, uh, but now, now they're an afterthought. Well, now they're kind of a well hell. Now we gotta do a Hell in a Cell thing here coming up. What are we gonna do? So that's unfortunate, but at least they're moving in the right direction. They didn't it's show us bad. the most awful and offensive thing we've seen all year, which yeah. that's, you know, we got to compliment the I'll improvements, okay? Because for Maybe two so. years running, it's been the most offensive thing that has hit my eyes and ears in regards to wrestling all year. So yeah. I got to give it credit. But so. Yeah, we got if full gear on the 7th. And then, of course, Survivor Series towards the end of November. If there's something else that comes up, We'll do that too, but as uh, I don't know exactly how it's going to pan out. We will see. I'm known to say around here. All that being said, this has been our review of Hell in a Cell. I am the devilishly handsome outlaw himself, your king of extreme, Phil KOE, signing off and handing it off to my indomitable broadcast partner before I sign off and hand off. Like, share, subscribe here at KOE Nation. Like, share, subscribe over at Big Bucket Entertainment where you can see me and Tony and Chicken get into all kinds of crazy wackiness. And also like, share, subscribe to KOE Nation because you know it's the right thing to do. So I'm signing off and handing it off to my indomitable broadcast partner, the eight time reigning defending revolutionary wrestling podcast champion two belt tony fucking g god it just feels right folks he will for sure see you fulfill gear i'm about 50 50 we well, will see folks either way we'll see you then <laughs> love you bye